1: and on top of that, we'll help you get your own show pushed out on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get this all for just $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today to apply go to bwhustle.com/join check out the description box for this episode to find out more that's bwhustle.com/join Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider, presented by Scout Logistics. Matthew Collar here, along with Mark Schofield from USA Today, who has just finished melting my computer as I read the 101 Best Free Agents piece by you and Doug Farrar. Mark, um... You know, the internet has its limits, man, of how many words and how many video clips can be in one post. Like, we haven't figured that out yet.
0: <laughs> Matthew, what's going on, man? Great to meet you, Yeah, I mean, the poor hamster's running my laptop. Um, I was telling you before we started the show that, like, it literally crashed my laptop. I told Doug at one point, I'm like, I can't upload my videos into it. He's like, well, why don't you open it, give it a few minutes to load, and then it should work fine for you. Well, what I did was I opened it. I went outside to shovel for an hour and I came back in and it was still loaded. And that's <laughs> at the point where I, I reached out back out the duck. I'm like, look, you're going to have to do this. I'm going to need a new laptop. I don't know what's going on. The poor <laughs> hamsters in the little spinning, you know, running wheel are just struggling right now. They're trying to drink some water. They can't do it. So, yeah, it's, it's a behemoth, but I mean, there, I think there's a couple of interesting things in there.
1: Yes. No, it was fun to
0: do. It was fun to do.
1: This is as much as me giving you a hard time as a compliment for all the incredible work that you put into this. So I retweeted it. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll find it there. Uh, or, of course, USA Today um, is you know where you've got it. And, it's, and your Twitter and Doug's Twitter. It's ridiculously detailed, though, and I love it. And I'm like, there are video clips of everyone. This is amazing. And, and not only that, but the statistics, the situations, all those things. And so in a way, I was like, man, when we talk, where do I start? I've got a good place, though, Mark. Okay. Dak Prescott, number yep. one. Number one free agent. Let's Makes start with him. I want to get into some of the guys that might be intriguing for the Vikings, but I feel like we've really left this Dak Prescott thing kind of alone in the offseason this year because we've got Carson Wentz being traded. We've got Matt Stafford to Jared Goff being traded for each other. There are rumors all over the place with more trades that could happen. Where's Deshaun Watson going? I feel like we've overlooked that a really great quarterback is an unrestricted free agent. So do you just think that Dak Prescott ends up back with Dallas, or is there any odds that you're giving that he would go somewhere else?
0: I mean, it, Matt, it's like that meme with the two girls and the guy, right, where all football media is at Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson and whatever else, and poor Dak's like, what about me? I right. mean, like we ranked him free agent one. Um, I Part of what's been driving the entire football media conversation the past, say, like month or so is – the fact that teams are trying to get that guy, that quarterback, whether it's uh, Deshaun Watson to trade it for him, whether it's trade it for Carson Wentz and try to resurrect what was an awful season from him. You know, and it just highlights the fact that teams either need the guy or if you don't have the guy, you're going to go get the guy. Dallas has the guy. Dallas has the elite trades, athletic, mobile quarterback, that fits the modern game. They can't let him walk out of that building, right? Like they have to tag him again. They have to figure out a a deal with him. They can't let him get to the free market. And I know, look, if you tag him, it's a 20% jump in his salary. Well, look around. You might have to pay what you would pay Dak Prescott for some of these other guys that aren't Dak Prescott. I mean, I feel like this entire offseason is that family guy mystery box me. Where you've got all these teams being like, look, a boat's a boat, but box could be anything. It could be a boat. Like <laughs> why are you gonna pay yes. why are you gonna pay like a lot of money to a quarterback that you might hope could be Dak Prescott when you could just keep Dak Prescott? So I, I think it'd be insane if he gets out of the building. If somehow he gets to test free agency. I I'm forty minutes away from where the Washington football team plays. And you could bet that Daniel Snyder would love nothing more than to back up the branch truck to Dak Prescott's house and say, look, I'm going to take you away from Jerry Jones. I mean, those two owners I mean, probably don't like each other, and I could only imagine that Daniel Snyder would love to do that. And there would be no shortage of teams that would love to you know, back up that branch truck to Prescott's house. So Dallas can't let them walk. If they do, they're going to regret it.
1: It does seem like the franchise tag is why this thing has not really been discussed as much, that there's like an inevitability, yes, the Dallas yeah. will franchise tag him, because then what is their answer if they don't?
0: Ben DiNucci around? <laughs> I don't, I don't I think mean, that Britt they're... I and Andy right. Dalton back? Like, <laughs> the right. of QB purgatory? I don't know what else you do. You draft a guy and hope he becomes Dak Prescott again. It's the mystery box. They've got to bring him back, Matthew, right? Like, what else do you do? They have no other answer. Right,
1: right. Uh Drew Henson is maybe yeah. still throwing some footballs ar- around. That's so available. I know he's a <laughs> yeah. I know he's
0: a vinter now with his vineyards. I mean, maybe he could come out of retirement.
1: I will go with uh Quincy Carter with this one. Oh, um, As yeah, yeah, a good throwback there. Uh but yeah, no, so I mean, but if Dallas does this, here's what I think about with Dak though, and, and what I'd love to know from you because you are tremendous at pinpointing things about quarterbacks. I feel like this is your superpower, Mark, is that you are really good at observing things about quarterbacks that other people don't observe. So tell me why they have not signed Dak Prescott to a long-term contract yet. Like, is there something that you think that is in his game that they would question? Because I look at him and say, no, it's not perfect. No, it is not quite Patrick Mahomes, but it's right in that next tier underneath where if you build a good team, I mean, the guy can go 13-3. and three. The guy could get you to a Super Bowl. I think he's he's that good. Am I missing something on Dak
0: Prescott? No, I, you're, you're not missing anything. I mean, I, I think the factors at work here are Jerry Jones being Jerry Jones, and that's pretty much it. Uh, if you did want to sort of sit down and write, say, a current free agent-type scouter report on Dak Prescott, and you were forced to sort of get to that list of cons, the negatives column, whatever you want to term it, Is he perfect with ball placement? No. Like, does that lead to some yards being left on the field? Yeah. Has he struggled at times when he's pressured? Yeah. What quarterbacks don't struggle when they're pressured? Like, most quarterbacks tend to sort of see their stats, see the production, see the execution, revert a bit to the norm when they're under duress in the pocket. Um, And, yes, the ball placement, that's been an issue with him, dated back to his days in college. It's a reason why, look, I'll fully admit – I had Dak as, like, QB 15 in that draft mm. class. Like, I thought, look, the, the ball placement is, a, is an issue. It's always going to be an issue. You can't be a successful NFL quarterback without it. What I missed on him, I had it in my notes. I literally wrote it down. You can find a piece where I talked about this. Um, it was competitive toughness. Um, and he had that ability to sort of be a leader, to take on responsibility. He had a game his junior year against Alabama where they lost, but he was fighting to the fourth quarter. I was really impressed with that. And that's what – a lot of to sort of step into a situation as a rookie and take that offense over. Obviously, look, Ezekiel Elliott helps too. But I think, look, the ball placement that is just a nitpicky thing. The pressure thing, these are nitpicky things where, you know, if you want to take the guy, make the guy take a little bit less on his, his salary, you can put that on the table. But I don't think it's worth, you know, fight it over. I don't think it's worth letting him walk out the door. This is still a guy that you can win games because of. You know, and that's kind of the way I like to put quarterbacks into buckets, right? Guys that you win games with, you know, guys that like you need to sort of help schematically, talent-wise, and the guys that you win games because of. Guys that will like lead you to where you need to be. Where if you have guys that are out injured, if you have you know structural problems in the offense schematically, they can rise above that. They can raise the level of play in those around them. Prescott's one of those guys, and so yeah. I don't think there's really anything wrong with him. I think it's more Jerry Jones being Jerry Jones. Well,
1: and if you look at the situation that Dallas is in right now, too, they have incredible weapons. They need to rebuild their offensive line. Their defense is a complete bus fire. Um, but you can fix defenses a lot quicker than you can fix a quarterback position if it's gone awry. And in the NFC, this is something I've been thinking about quite a bit, is, okay, Aaron Rodgers is king in the NFC. His situation's going to get a little bit harder, I think, next year Drew Brees looks like he's going to retire Tom Brady will see I'm not sure if he's going to or not if he comes back well he's still Tom Brady but beyond that I mean, what is your competition in the NFC? Like everybody is sort of up for grabs. Like we don't know who football team's quarterback is yet. And we, you know, don't know some other situations, but you look around and go, if you're Dak Prescott, and I've even felt this way about Kirk Cousins, but like Dak Prescott might be the second best if Tom Brady retires in the NFC. And even if you're Kirk Cousins, you might end up sort of fourth by default that there just aren't that many. If Kyler Murray does not emerge as being one of the best you know, quarterbacks in the NFC. Like, I think it should be a factor for them. Like, you can really win um, even if your team isn't perfect in the NFC just because – There aren't any quarterbacks in the NFC right now. They're all in the other conference.
0: Matthew, look at the NFC East. Like Philadelphia looks to be a dumpster fire right now. I mean, they're they're in a bad cap situation. They just traded Carson Wentz. You're either hoping on Jalen Hurts or you're drafted a guy at six. And the guy at six might be QB five in this class, given how this draft class is starting to shake out. Washington, yes, they've got a great defense. Don't get me wrong. That defensive front is fantastic. It got them to a playoff spot. But they won the division at 7-9, and nine. Like, and you don't know who their quarterback is going to be, and they're picking at 19. So they might be having, having a draft QB6 or a Marcus Mariota or a Cam Newton, two names that have been linked with Washington recently. That's a lot of question marks. And then the New York Giants, Daniel Jones hasn't taken that step forward. Dak Prescott coming back with some new pieces on the defensive side of the ball. I think you're immediately the best team in the division. And then as you sort of expand the viewing window, yeah, look, Green Bay looks to be good. You know, Minnesota looks to be in a position where they could get to another playoff run. Who knows with Chicago, another team with, with you know, issues at the quarterback position. Detroit just made the, the trade. So, you know, they're a couple of years or two away. Maybe the Rams, uh, if if Stafford performs the way people expect him to. But it's not like this conference is loaded with deep, good quarterback play. And so, yeah, if if you're Dallas, you have a window here to not just perhaps win the division but make a legitimate run. You just have to keep Dak Prescott on the building because, you know, letting Dak walk, you know, side in a ride Fitzpatrick or drafted Kyle Trask, like drafted Mac Jones, it might save you some money. But I don't think it takes advantage of the window that you have, particularly when how are you going to rebuild the defense – if you're having to use an early pick on a quarterback. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Yeah. You get yourself in This is the thing that is so interesting is the teams get themselves into the situation of, we don't necessarily want to pay what it costs to pay the guy. But then at the same time, if we don't pay the guy, then what are we doing? And I think this is exactly how the Vikings landed on an extension for Kirk cousins, where it was like, well, what's your other answer. And when you have a GM and a head coach that are feeling pressure to win, then if you don't have another answer, Who are you drafting? How are you approaching this? Who are you getting in free agency? But I've got a theory, Mark. I want to run by you. Every year, I think from now until the end of eternity with football, we are going to be talking about, wow, there's a lot of quarterbacks available in free agency or on the trade market. Because of this issue with the price, it's like teams will compete. They'll pay a lot of people. They'll pin themselves up against the cap. And then they'll be like, ah, darn, how do we get out from under this? We've got to trade our quarterback Or there will always be more guys coming. And I also think that quarterback development is better than it's ever been. So instead of one guy at best in a draft class, there might be three in every draft class. And I I think that even smarter teams might be saying – let's not lock into these guys, even if they're good. The only situation we'll do it is if we have the best quarterback in the league. So I think that if you're a team considering an extension and I think Prescott, you know, meets this threshold, but if you're considering extension for just under Prescott,
0: you go, eh, maybe we shouldn't. Yeah, I I think there's a lot to that, Matthew. I think it's a fantastic point. And, you know, part of it is the developmental side. I think there are a lot of things happen at the youth football level that are starting these quarterbacks on a path to being better by the time they get to college, right? If you think about, you know, when you were probably growing up, when I was certainly growing up, back when we were playing with one, you know, face mask bar type situation and leather helmets, like you ran the football. Like I remember in high school, I threw 12 touchdown passes by senior year. People were like, oh my goodness, wow, that's a, that that's, <laughs> that's like a first three games for a high school quarterback right. now. You look at the fact that a lot of, parents are saying look we're not going to let the kids play tackle football when they're young when they're 8 9 10 but we'll let them play flag and you throw the football all the time so these kids are now in these flag football leagues there are these 7 on 7 leagues where obviously you're not going to do inside rug stuff you're going to throw the ball all the time so these kids that are coming out that are coming out of high school that are going into college these quarterbacks are better you have and it also looks at the look at the wide receiver position too now we're seeing these wide receivers come out year after year after year that these guys are NFL ready Hi, Justin Jefferson is a prime example of that. Mm-hmm. And so the quarterback developmental pipeline is such that when these guys get to high school, when these guys get to college, they don't need to learn, you know, how to drop back and read a defense. They've been doing it since they were like 10. Right. And so I think, yeah, you're going to start seeing more quarterbacks coming out of college that can take on the responsibilities of an NFL passing offense. Maybe not to the extent that you'd like to see from a veteran guy, sure, right. But they're ready to run an offense. And so when you combine that with the fact that more and more organizations are decided that we're not going to put good money after bad, right? Like, look at the Rams. They signed Jared Goff to the extension, but they've realized at this point, he's just not the guy. He's not mm-hmm. getting us to where... They started John Wolford in a playoff game over Jared Goff. That tells you all you need to know. Um, now, granted, Goff came back from the injury when he had to and got them a win, but... Teams are just going to look at it and say, even if we've paid the guy, we're not going to put that good money after bad. If we can improve at the quarterback position and maybe have to trade to get an established guy or even draft somebody, we'll do it. Because we're just banning our heads against the wall. It's that quarterback purgatory idea that we've talked about in the media for years now. Teams are finally buying into that. And especially, look, we know this is a copycat league. You know, the team's copied the Rams' model already. Ooh, let's hire Sean McVay. Oh, let's hire Sean McVay's assistants. Oh, let's hire the barista that made Sean McVay's latte in the morning. <laughs> like, anybody that bumped into Sean McVay got an interview for a head coaching job. Now if the Rams make a playoff run, win a Super Bowl, give it up on golf and trade him for a veteran quarterback, what do you think every other team facing a quarterback decision is going to do? The same thing. And and so I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing quarterback development improve because of the fact that these kids are now throwing the ball – 365, 24-7, and teams are willing to give up on younger guys, give up on quarterbacks because they can get somebody given the influx of talent we're seeing at the position.
1: I want to remind you to go to SodaStick.com to get your original Minnesota sports inspired goods. If you have not seen it yet, you've got to check it out. A couple of my favorite designs are the Duck Duck Gray Duck and the Randy Moss Goat, which you've got to see. Uh, all their apparel is screen printed here in Minnesota on super soft, super comfy shirts and hoodies. You will love it. We're going to hook you up with free shipping on your next order. By the way, use Promo code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. That's SOTASTICK, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K.com. Original Minnesota sports-inspired goods. Code PURPLEINSIDER for free shipping. Right, and and I think that you know trying to put it into some sort of context, like it, it, there might be a lot of quarterbacks who are a 5 out of 10 that if you build a perfect supporting cast, which I think goes underrated about the Rams, by the way, with those two years with Jared Goff, Unbelievable offensive line, multiple yeah. weapons, and um, not that Sean McVay isn't a genius, but a lot of people in sports who do uh, who are coaches have looked like geniuses because of the great players that have been put together in front yeah. of them. So, you know, I think, but it might be a five out of ten that raises their play to an eight out of ten because of supporting cast. And, and I think there's a lot of those types of quarterbacks who are out there. And so teams need to focus on building the supporting cast. This is a Carson Wentz thing. Like let's not overlook the Carson Wentz's offensive line and weapons in 2017 were ridiculous enough to raise the level of Nick Foles to a yeah. Super Bowl caliber quarterback. And that's something that, you know, we always talk about in Minnesota kind of how they no showed in Philadelphia, but they couldn't pressure Nick Foles and even Nick Foles, if you can't pressure him, he's going to throw for a lot of yards. So, So, So uh, let me move to a a different topic here because you covered, again, 101 free agents. And I want to know as this was being put together if – because there's one position that I think of where you went, oh, my gosh, there are so many guys at this position. I want to know if we were thinking the same thing. Uh, So tell me if you had that thought at
0: all because I did. Yeah, wide receiver. I mean, for me, wide receiver, I was just like, man – Between the draft and free agency, if you're a team, Washington, New England, any other team that needs weapons, this is a pretty good year. I mean, you look at the top of the wide receiver free agent, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, Curtis Samuel. It's so deep there. And then you combine that with the draft class where we might see like five, six guys in the first round. If you're your team needs a wide receiver, like you must be really happy right now. That was
1: 1A for the, oh, my gosh, there's so many guys. For me, 1B was safety, that yeah. I was amazed at the number of safeties who are out there. And so when when you're looking at the wide receiver and safety class, to me, these are two needs for the Vikings. Wide receiver doesn't seem desperate from the outside, but when you have Kirk Cousins and he is going to throw to where his read takes him no matter what. For better or worse, that is what is happening yeah. on this football play. Yeah. Uh, he will target Laquan Treadwell on fourth and eight uh, in a big game. He <laughs> right. will do that. He has done that. I have, seen, I have seen him throw a 30-yard bomb on fourth down to Tajay Sharp. I have seen that happen with my own eyes. So you can't have t- Tajay Sharp, but you also don't have any money. So <laughs> – Find me a guy, tell me – because I think I, – I love the idea of Curtis Samuel for the Vikings. I just think, oh, my goodness, what a track meet. That would be every week with Jefferson and Thielen and Delvin Cook and Curtis Samuel. But I just think he's going to be too expensive, that I am not the only one who has noticed that Curtis Samuel is a great you know modern player. Is there somebody that comes to
0: mind that might sort of slip under the radar here for you? Yeah, I mean – Obviously, look, like you said, you'd love to sort of go out and get, like, a top-named guy at the position, Alan Robinson, A.J. Green, T.Y. Hilton, whatever. But those guys are probably going to be priced out of things. Mm-hmm. What I look at... Say a Brashard Perryman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's a guy that turned sort of a three game stretch at the end of the 2019 season in a year where his quarterback threw 30 interceptions and put up some really impressive numbers. Turned that into a pretty big payday with the Jets, but he did that thing where he bets on himself, has a pretty good year. He's going to be one of those guys in sort of what I like to call the secondary, even the tertiary free agency market, right? The first day of free agency when we're all like, you know, drink and ban energies like one after the other to <laughs> try to stay yeah. up with the news. Um, You'll see Robinson come off the board. You might see Galladay come off the board, maybe Hilton. But then as it starts to sort of peter out a bit, that's when you get into the sort of secondary market. That's where I think the Patriots have always done over the years. Such a great job at signing under-the-radar type of guys. Perryman's one of those players that I think, look, as a complementary wideout, right, you look at – Looking I always like to put together a thirteen personnel three wide receiver package, right? Justin Jefferson as sort of your slot slash Z. Adam Thielen as sort of your slot slash Z. Those guys can be a bit interchangeable. And then you add Brashard Perryman and as more of that X type guy, the more vertical boundary, you know, B press coverage type of player. I think that could work. Now, in terms of what that might cost, I mean I've got spot track up right now and they're, you know. Their market value on him is probably more in the eight million annual range, mm. which is still pricey. I mean, yeah, and I don't know if that's, that's something that's a little the steeper Vikings than I would have expected. Do. Yeah. Um, you know, so then you sort of take a step back from that, right? Do you bet on a guy like, say, Will Fuller? You know, because Will Fuller might also fly under the radar a bit because of the injury history. You're talking about mm-hmm. a guy that hasn't put together like a full sixteen game slate in a while, but he does one thing and he does it extremely well which is just run by people. I Just flat out, you could be giving him a 10-yard cushion, he's going to run by you. Um, that would certainly help, you know? And if you're talking about a guy in Kirk Cousins that's going to throw to his primary read, if his primary read is a goal route and Fuller's getting open, no, that could work too. And because of that injury history, Matthew, I think he probably sort of falls down. Now, suspension to deal with too, there are some red flags there. track says $16.9 million for him a year. I don't know if he gets that because of the injuries. I don't know if he gets that because of the suspension. You know, so I think that's going to come down. I don't know if it gets to maybe eight, nine. Again, so it's still pricey. They'd have to do some work. But you're not talking about the Alan Rogers and mm-hmm. Godwin-type money that's going to be floating around there.
1: And I think there will be at least a receiver or two that surprise us of a guy that just nobody picks up. That everybody kind of uh, finds a chair in, in the – what's the game there where the – you know Musical chairs? Musical chairs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. How do, how could I forget? Uh, but, you know, and somebody just doesn't have a chair at the end of yeah. the day with all the other big names
0: that a, are a out pl- there. A player like that might be Rashard Higgins. Um, Holiday Higgins from Browns. You know, spot tracks is $6.1 million for him. So you are sort of get into that range now – where the Vikings might be able to make a little bit more of a move. Um, Certainly more of a complimentary type guy. But if you're talking about him, he'd ask to be receiver three, which he would be in Minnesota. I think he could certainly do that. And I think when you look at what he was asked to do last year with the Browns, some vertical stuff, some stuff along the boundaries, again, he could fit into the sort of that X type role where he fits so well with what you're doing with Adam Thielen, what you're doing with Justin Jefferson, who I loved coming out. That could be an 11 personnel package that works.
1: Hey, I want to take a second to tell you about our friends at Scout Logistics. And I really mean it when I say friends. They are fans of Purple Insider over at Scout Logistics. And they reached out wanting to support this show. And I want to tell you about what they do. Scout Logistics is just-in-time transportation for perishable, non-perishable, and fragile freight from source to door. And if you're wondering what that means exactly, well, if you own or work for a company that needs shipping solutions, they're the preferred carrier of Fortune 500 companies across North America. And we have quite a few of those in Minnesota, right? They could ship perishable, non-perishable, or oversized or fragile goods and they have on-time delivery rate of over 99%. So if you're like them and you enjoy the show and you have shipping needs, check out scoutlogistics.com or call 855-217-2688 extension 232 to connect with them directly to find out how Scout Logistics can minimize risk, overperform and go the extra mile for your company. I just think at some point the Vikings have to say, look, we've had these two wide receivers. We've had receiver duos, and it's been good, but – at some point you have to say, we're going to really lean into Kirk cousins and give him everything he needs and not leave any questions about whether you tried hard enough or were, if you were sort of trying to go to the fork in the road and go straight with spending a little on defense and a little on offense and everything else. And I think the same thing for the offensive line too. And uh, I, I wonder what you think about the offensive line free agents. Cause I look through and I go, okay, obviously you have your top couple of guys after that though, there's a pretty big drop off the side of a building and that's where that's where I look at kind of what Buffalo did in the free agent market and even the Jets now and I know this didn't work out great for them but kind of like sign everybody to very small contracts and and uh, there might be guys who didn't make your top 101 list um, but I, I think if you're approaching it like what's my strategy who should I spend on? that spending on one defensive player is not a great strategy. That's where you kind of need to throw numbers at it. And I think the same with offensive line. But when it comes to a weapon, the gap between guys who are legitimate weapons and guys who are just people out there with jerseys, to me, is so big in terms of the impact in an offense that it's worth it to spend on that, even if the fans go, "Uh, don't we need a guard?
0: Yeah, no, I think that's right. And I, I do think that Jets model, even though it didn't quite pan out, but like, you know, throw out as many bits of spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. It does work. That's something that the Patriots have done too, where, you know, you give yourself the opportunity to take more bites at the apple. Um, and if you sign three guards and one pans out, well, you've got to start a guard now. And I, I think that's an area that the, the Vikings could probably look at. Interestingly enough, you know, it's a difficult guard, free agency market. Um, you've got the two guys at the top, Tootie and Sheriff, that are fantastic but it certainly does peter out. And one of the other guys out there, Feliciano, is a guy that that's how Buffalo handled it. They signed him. and He's probably going to get a good deal out of it. Michael Schofield, I mean, maybe, but he's 31, uh, more of a backup guy, but that might be worth a flyer. Um, You know, some of the other names, Austin Blythe, maybe, um, if the Rams don't bring him back. You know, it's also a position that gets sort of devalued in the draft. And so Mm -hmm. you might have an opportunity to draft, say, a Wyatt Davis at 14, you know, who's probably the best interior guard in this class, or you could even address it later. In the, you know, even on day three, there are some guys who might be available on day three. Deontay Brown, the massive human being from Alabama, or even a guy like Robert Hunt from Middle Tennessee State. So, you know, because of the way the guards are, I think, valued, it might be an opportunity for Minnesota to sort of improve the offensive line but not have to put as many resources to it, whether it's salary cap space or draft capital, because of how that position seems to get pushed down the board a bit. But in terms of, like, weapons versus offensive line, like, there's a reason people pay for weapons because you can't replace some of that stuff, you know. If you get five guys working together, you could have a group of sort of cast-offs at times. But if they're coached up and they're working together and they're on the same page, an offensive line can become great. But one guy with the ability to sort of beat a defender in a man to man situation, beat a press coverage defender in a man to man situation, that's what teams have to pay for right now. And that's why you're seeing guys like Rashad Perryman be valued at like eight million and Will Fuller at seventeen million. It's because that's what teams want.
1: I love Deontay Brown, by the way. Not like, I love him I too for the Vikings, but man, he looks I think he looks like Bowser, like the Mario. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's exactly right he does look like Bowser, <laughs> but i was blown away watching both on film and at the scene Ball, well, he actually moves better yes. than i expected yes he does like i mean and the other thing is you get a moving upfield, and you're like a safety coming down to try to stop the run you get that coming at you i mean that's a business decision moment man i mean you just you got a turtle you got a turtle because you're not going to come back from that yeah, I think calling him a fire hydrant is like
1: not doing it justice. Yeah. Um, no. But but uh, my buddy Jeremiah Searles, who played in the NFL, he co-hosts the show sometimes. Is um, just he brought up a good point that somebody at that weight is a few cheeseburgers away from not in the league, and like that's a thing that you kind of worry about. Yeah, he
0: certainly does walk a lot. I mean, there are moments when you, I feel like I'm watching that movie The Replacements. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a super yeah. wrestler who's like yeah. eating the eggs before the first game like <laughs> yeah I mean we could be in a situation like that where I think that's a good line a few cheeseburgers away from being on the board exactly um I have two more
1: questions for you one is about the Chicago Bears and Sam Darnold so Field Yates kind of did his where are guys gonna go and that's who he had going to the Chicago Bears I want to know if you're a Vikings fan do you root for that outcome or are you afraid of that outcome
0: That's a tough one because you can see it going in either direction. But I think what gives me pause about the the Bears' entire quarterback situation right now, whether they draft a rookie, whether they try to fix Sam Darnold, who I do think can still be a good quarterback in this league, what track record of quarterback development does the Matt Nagy regime have right now? Sam Darnold. That's their big experiment. It didn't quite work out. I mean, not Sam Darnold, Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, Mitchell Trubisky, So so if you're a Vikings fan and you see whatever the Bears do a quarterback, you probably feel okay about it because they haven't shown that they can develop a young quarterback, whether it was Trubisky, whether it was even this year with Nick Foles. I mean, obviously Foles is a more established player, but it's not like they took Nick Foles and he suddenly didn't he suddenly got away from being this wildly high variance guy where on one night he can win a Super Bowl against Bill Belichick and on the next night he's throwing three interceptions. Like that's who Nick Foles is. They didn't fix that. They certainly didn't develop Mitchell Trubisky. And so if you're a Vikings fan watching whatever the Bears do, um, you might feel comfortable about it because there's no evidence that they're going to figure out how to fix a guy. I do, though, I do think that Darnold is talented. And I do think that getting him out from Adam Gase might be all that he needs. I mean, the idea that Adam Gase is this quarterback whisperer, quarterback guru, that's built on the back of a year or two with Peyton Manning. You know, it's not like he coached up me. He coached up Peyton Manning. I mean, Matthew, you or I could walk into that Broncos locker room and say, okay, Peyton, here's the playbook. <laughs> I'll see you Sunday. Like, you got it, right? Like, I right. don't need to do right. anything. Like, you're Peyton flipping Manning. So this idea that Adam Gase was this, like, quarterback guru who could fix it. Sam Darnold, no, I, th- I think that's a, a bit of a miscast situation. So maybe getting him away from Adam Gase will fix him but I mean if I'm a Vikings fan I'm looking at what's going on in Chicago right now and as long as Nagy and Pace are there I probably feel okay with whatever they do at quarterback.
1: Now this is a good point because not only uh, is it not a great situation if Allen Robinson leaves and I'm kind of at the point where I'm assuming Allen
0: Robinson leaves. So I mean, are we aren't we hoping just as football fans as 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 fellow humans that Alan Robinson gets to play with the quarterback? <laughs> yes, that is it yes. one of the three? Christian Hackenberg, right. Blake Bortles, and Mitchell Trubisky. Since college, that's who he's caught passes from. It's like, unbelievable. It's 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 cool and, and you, cruel, unusual punishment, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're right that uh and I'm sure um Vikings fans want him in the AFC also. Just yeah. like just get Let over him that. go to
0: the homes and have fun. Right. Like, oh, my that's gosh. That's for everybody.
1: That would, that would be nuts. Um, But, you know, who's coming to Chicago as a wide receiver free agent to – play with you don't even know who at this point. Right. And with the Sam Darnold thing, the problem for me is that he threw a ton of interceptions at college. And I don't think that goes away. When Jameis Winston did it, everybody went like, No, it's okay. It's totally fine. And like it's not no. fine though. Like the other team you gonna be getting the ball all the time for your I, re- I remember
0: like people seeing him force throws a triple coverage. They're like, oh that will get coached out of him in the NFL <laughs> Five years later, he's throwing 30 picks. And it's like, well, that's not going away.
1: <laughs> right, right. And I think the same issue with Sam Darnold. So it's uh, it's kind of like, hey, actually, Detroit is the team that you should be a little more worried about. Not next year, but long-term being good because it's probably not going to be Chicago. So the the last question I had for you was just – um, every year there's a team that gets a bunch of free agents where we go, wow, really? That team signed a bunch of free agents. Like, remember when it was actually LA when yeah. LA signed Andrew Whitworth and we and, and maybe Robert Woods and we went like, why is everyone signing in LA aside from it's LA? Um, who's that team this year? Because it's such a weird, it's such a weird situation. So many teams have cap issues, but then there are other teams that have a ton of space all over the place. I just wonder if you've got like a, Hey, this team's going to surprise us. And then all of a sudden grab a bunch of
0: people. I mean, there's a part of me that would love to say new England just because they've got a ton of cap space mm. and it's Bill Belichick. But I do think that the draw of playing in new England is gone right now. Like, cause you mentioned the wide receiver, Alan Robinson wanted to catch passes from somebody who are you going to go play with. You don't know who their quarterback's going to be right, right now. Right. A, a team that intrigues me is Denver. Because uh, they do have a, cap, a ton of cap space, like 39 million, so it's a top seven in terms of cap space by team. They're rumored to be running it back with Drew Locke, and so the the idea there is obviously you got to build around him then if you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think, look, they might be a team that says, look, if we're truly going to try to build around this guy, sort of the discussion we had at the start of the show, we need to really help him. So we'll throw 20 million a year at Alan Robinson, we'll throw money at Chris Godwin, we'll throw money at Kenny Galladay, we'll give him, I mean, you look at the package they could put together, you know, with, with Judy, with Cortland Sutton, with KJ Hamler, now you add another receiver into that group, like, that's ridiculous talent, mm-hmm. and so, yeah. you know, they could beef up the defensive side of the ball, so Denver is a team to watch, another team is Cincinnati, um, you know, they've got the A pick at five, we obviously expect Joe Burrow to be back and healthy and ready to go given the medical advances with ACL injuries. Um, They could throw a lot of money out there, Um, and you you draft Sewell at five, and suddenly you're building an offensive line. It wouldn't surprise me if Cincinnati says, let's look at what the Browns did. They threw money at the offensive line. They protected Baker. They got a playoff win. Mm -hmm. We're going to do that. We're going to throw money at Joe Tooney. We're going to throw money at Brandon Sheriff. We're going to throw money at Tyler Moton, the tackle down in Carolina. We'll draft, you know, we might bring in four new names on the offensive line and protect your borough. So Denver and Cincinnati are two teams, I think, you know, a month and a half from now, we might be like, man, they could be good next year.
1: Yeah, Cincinnati's an interesting one because there is no team that flies under the radar quite like Cincinnati. Um, And they're not known for being a team that really spends a whole heck of a lot. Um, But if you're going to do it, you should do it right now while you have Joe Burrow on that rookie contract. And then I can repeat on the show for the millionth time, hey, it's not bad to have a quarterback on a rookie contract. I'm just saying uh, no, I mean
0: that—that that was the initial model, right? The Seattle model, the Rams model. Get that rookie quarterback, spend money around him, and have the talent around him make him good enough. And then when you have to pay him, hopefully he's figured it out. The Rams did the first part of that; they couldn't do the second part of that, which was golf. The Seahawks did the first part of that; they won a Super Bowl. And then Wilson sort of figured it out, although now there are rumors about Russell Wilson, which is right. giving me stuff to write about, which is great.
1: Isn't it? But isn't it funny how it always follows the same exact curve? It's like yep. the guy has success, and then the team falls off a little, and even if the quarterback is still good like Russell Wilson, it's probably not going to get you the Super Bowl, and then we go back to the start again of like, well, uh, now, now now Wilson's butting heads with people, and now there's issues.
0: And in, right? I mean, every time. Fascinating to think about, as you were saying that, I thought about the Super Bowl. I thought about Mahomes running for his life, and I sort of thought – could we potentially have that be having that conversation like two or three years from now where it's like, okay, we all love Patrick Mahomes, but now what's happening to kids is said, Now I'm not saying we will, Mahomes is still fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's still QB one for a reason. Um, uh, but there's a non-zero chance we have that conversation a few years from now. This because it matters with, what you put around it.
1: Right. It even happened with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in New yep. England when the roster falls apart. And then with uh, Rodgers, there are three or four years there where the roster's not as good. Maybe the coaching all of a sudden doesn't look as genius, which is one of my like all-time hills to die on. It's like yep. don't ever declare any coach as being the wizard who can fix anything because it's always about the talent. And so it's it's really interesting to think about. And even with – Kirk Cousins, where you drop them into a good roster for two years, you've got a chance, you don't get it done. And then all of a sudden people are on the hot seat when the roster starts to fall apart. And I wonder if someday, and and maybe this will never happen. I just wonder if someday they'll work it out to where quarterbacks have their own salary cap. Or something, and then it's everybody else because this is just such a problem. Or if it creates so much fun drama for people like us that they will say, "Let's keep it this way." Forever. I mean, I think <laughs> logically
0: having their own salary cap would be smart, but I think your your latter point there, don't do it. <laughs> right, right, right. We need to find ways to like write articles and do shows in like the mid of February. And exactly. so if you do it, if you structure <laughs> quarterbacks differently, what am I going to do? I, right. mean, I have to, you know, right. um, write about tackles. Right, Which I don't you're, do well. They're Brandon Thor smarter. Go read Brandon yeah, about tackles. Yeah. Don't read me about tackles. Trench warfare. He's great. Exactly. Uh, it's a,
1: a great newsletter to sign up yeah. for. Uh, people can follow you on Twitter at Mark Schofield. It's kind of spelled how you think: S C H O F I E L D. Your work is great. You're a fun follow on Twitter. You're kind of a, a master memer, too when you uh, when you put your heart into it. So what, what I read <laughs> into it. Although I will say the best
0: twenty bucks I've spent in the past year. Are the Woody the Pooh reaction masks? (laughs) Which um, I will say, my family—we took a trip last summer to the Outer Banks in North Carolina for a week, and you know, I was all masked up, going to pick up takeout and stuff. Not too many people in the Outer Banks recognize that me, and a lot of puzzled looks, but. Mm That just tells you that look, life on Twitter isn't exactly real life. <laughs> I had a lot of locals being like, "Man, what what's wrong with this guy?" Right,
1: like, this guy's weird. Why do you have a 40 year old guy
0: wearing Winnie the Pooh <laughs> mask? But it was the best 20 bucks I ever spent, Matthew. I, and look, terrific. if if my lasting legacy in football media are, are the memes. I can live with that. I can live with that.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it should also be your incredibly detailed work, especially on quarterbacks. But now I have learned that um, you can also break down free agents with the best of them. So make sure you check that out. Um, Best place to find is probably your Twitter, my Twitter. Um, But top 101 free agents. It is ridiculously long and detailed in a good way. Um, a good one. So I appreciate us getting together. I'm glad we can get together on a football subject. The last time we talked it was about the virus and right. I I was kinda of down after we talked about it. But we got yeah, the season was,
0: in and now we're like we got back to the season to this, in. It yeah. was good. But yeah, I mean I remember after that one I was like, man. We're in trouble, aren't we? <laughs> <Like> the time <laughs> felt, but hey, kudos to the NFL—they—they they got us through an entire season. Now we get an off season. It's—it's going to be fun. Um, but man, it's—it's oh, it's always great to catch up with you, Matthew. I'm such a huge fan of what you're doing, what you're what you're building, man. And it's just great every chance we get to to catch up for a bit.
1: Well, I appreciate it. Let's not wait this long again until we talk Absolutely. about uh, talk again, and uh, we'll get together soon. I promise.
0: Sounds good, man.